How about I ask the next customer, hey, do you think that, that the toenails are the nipples of the feet? City of justice, a city of love, a city of peace for every one of us. We all need it, can't live without it. A Gotham City. Hello, and you are listening to the Gotham Chronicle podcast powered by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out the BatmanUniverse.net for this and many other great podcasts. This week, we're going to be taking a look at Gotham's episode Strike Force. And joining me this week for Strike Force is. This is Donovan. And it's me, Tessa Gooley. Back by popular demand. They couldn't keep, <laughs> for they could, one episode, they couldn't Indeed keep so. her away. Yeah. She doesn't know that she's like chained to the radiator. She's not going nowhere. No, dear. Uh, but uh, actually, Tessa, uh, because before we get into like scarification itself, just real briefly, you have not been on. Scarification. Scarification. Uh, okay. You have not been on this because you haven't been on uh, since the season premiere. Mm-hmm. What have your general thoughts been on, you know, where the season has gone, you know, from, I don't know, you've only missed, you know, the episodes four seasons, uh, episode two, three, and four. So mm-hmm. those three episodes yeah. are the, just the general uh, atmosphere. Yeah, general, generally, I think that it's better than last season. Um, I'm not mm-hmm. sure if it's because I'm not on the show, so I'm not, like, ripping it apart and, and really analyzing it, and I'm just sort of viewing it as a viewer. And I also made sort of a resolution at the beginning of the year that I was really just going to treat it as a separate entity, sort of like Game of Thrones, Walking Dead, just separate from its other medium. So Gotham may have similarities with Batman, but it's not the comics that you know we're reading, so it's just this other thing. And also my final resolution was to sort of treat it like a dark comedy, which which I think uh, we sort of see here with um, – you texted me, Gotham's a horror show. Well, I did say that, and then I also me thought, too. gee, I mean, that person got exploded, and that was slightly comical. But um, no, I just feel like it's <laughs> more... It was. Uh, I, I feel like it's more cohesive than it was last year. And perhaps it's because we've got, like, this big arc, and then sort of these mini-stories that all still somewhat tie into this big arc and um i I just think that it's much better than in previous years and i've been startled by things that have happened which you know i'm going to get to in this episode but overall i'm i'm enjoying uh what's happening okay and before we get into scarification itself um our episode Strike Force had one comment on the um, BatmanUniverse.net page from Michael Ridge. Again, he says, I like Michael. He, he, he writes in every week. It's nice and reliable. They seem to be starting an untouchable storyline, including getting cops from the Academy to be sure that they aren't corrupted by their first assignment. Michael Chiklis seems to be playing the Sean Connery role, so Gordon will be Ness as it plays out. Of course, that means Michael Chiklis will die. Spoiler for the Untouchables, by the way. Yeah, I, I've never seen The Untouchables, so... What are you going to do? That, that, that's pre-Bond, right? Like, pre-Doctor uh, that, That's like 1990. That's, post, that's well post-Bond. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> I'm, like, imagining like a 20-something Sean Connery, not even close. Okay. Any thoughts on his Untouchables analogy? Um, I still think that, like, uh, Chiklis is set up to surprise the audience because he's still in the too-good-to-be-true mold. But if he is too good to be true, that he's not meant well long for this world. But we, we'll see. 
he's Maroney all oh, along. Yeah. Oh, goodness. I don't know. I guess I take him more at face value, um, you know, what he's showing. And I think that it'd be almost too much, if you will, in the words of the great Josh Fratoni, too much to have too many surprises. Because right now, sort of the, the sheep or the wolf in sheep's clothing is Galavan. And everyone's, you know, the wool are, 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 is pulled over their eyes. So I think that's got to be that the guy that's lying hidden. And so hopefully the other people, we can sort of look at them and whatever we see is actually what they are. This episode scarification involves, you know, Penguin is still trying to get out from under the thumb of Callahan, who wants him to, um... Callahan, uh, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not, why'd you say Callahan? I, I think I have Big Hero 6 on the mind, because wasn't that the villain in Big Hero 6? Possibly. <laughs> Did you, you call him Max Shrek? Shrek? Yeah, I've been calling him Max Shrek, you know, the whole podcast. Um, but yeah. yeah, well, Max Shrek, he's, Penguin's still under his thumb and trying to get out, so he's trying to find some leverage. But in the meanwhile, he still has to, you know, do these arson jobs. So he has Butch, uh, recruit Selena Kyle, recruit this... Uh, I guess, you know, family of arsonists who have their sister do it, and Selena notices that the sister's a little bit under the brother's thumb and tries to take her under the wing, but, uh, you know, this female Fails. firebug rebuffs her, you know, and uh, but gives us some good character development on Selena. And we do find out that there is a group of fish moony loyalists who are waiting for her to eventually return and save us all. In the meantime, uh, Vanderslaw from last season, from Wayne Enterprises, loses an eye, and he's not the only one losing body parts this week. Penguin decides that he needs to, you know, uh, uh, trick Galahan, so he has Butch do what Penguin did last season and, like, you know, play snitch. But before that, he cuts off Butch's arm after he gets him incredibly drunk. All this, and Gordon and Lee have a double date with Nigma and Kringle? Yes, they do. You asking that? Are you asking that? (laughs) (laughs) I know. I was drunk, just like Butch was. Robin Lord Taylor kept on telling me, "Take another drink. Take another drink." I don't know why I was doing Maroney's voice when I said that. Um, And then we got the these revelations about you know the like why Galahan like is doing this Wayne thing, you know, and we hear about this of Gotham. It's very, it was like this weird, you know, story about, you know, these families, you know, ancient times. And then, and then Penguin's like, and whatever happened to that family, nobody really knows, but you are wearing their symbol. Uh, oh, uh, the Splinter. Yeah, yeah, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. (laughs) Swing and a miss. So what did, uh, because Stella hasn't been here for a while, what did you think of Scarification? Whoa, boy. So what I texted both of you guys is that this suddenly turned into a horror show. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it's always been this way, but it I just felt like I was almost watching The Walking kind of. Dead because two limbs got cut off in this show. A guy exploded, which was actually for some reason more comical than it was horrific. It almost reminded me of like an 80s action film with Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm sure something like that has happened before. Um, How do you stop an exploding man? Yeah. Well, boy, did it take a turn. Uh, I enjoyed the history, the historical elements. And and I think up to this point, it's been, you know, four episodes. Galvan has entered this picture. He wants to be somewhat of a hero, but also take down Gotham at the same time. Uh, But you wonder really what are his motives and the reason why. And I love this backdrop of the history with these families that feels very comic booky. And of course you get um, some Asriel hints there. 
uh, or at least, mm-hmm. you know, the following there, which I just think is uh, very interesting. And then really the overall picture is that there's just such uh, contempt between the Waynes and the Galvans, which were then the Dumas. So I love the history element that's that's lying underneath there. Um, uh, I guess the other element I would say that I liked is the uh, the penguin <laughs> uh, because you you're sort of I mean I still love penguin and now you're really batting for him because you almost feel sympathy that his mother is is captured he's in a corner and he used to be the king of Gotham right but he was king of Gotham for a couple of days and now he is being used and He's dealing with someone who's smarter than the rest of the people that he was able to manipulate in season one. This is a very different situation. And I like that he's trying to think outside the box, but you also really feel bad for Butch, who goes through all these terrible and traumatic things. He gets brainwashed. You know, he's forced to shoot fish, the, probably the one person you really love. Now he loses a hand. It's crazy stuff. Um, and, and But I just like how all of the stories are really threaded well together, which is why I think this is a stronger season. Because when I was on the show last season, or, well, yeah, when I was on this podcast last season, our main complaints was just that. <laughs> you were on Gotham? <laughs> I know, yes. Remember? Um, our main complaint, right? You were the judge were the, from that yes, exactly. episode. There were too many storylines, and they didn't necessarily link up. But all of these really link up still. So, I mean, even though Selena is a very small part, she's related to Bridget. That Bridget storyline, you've got the arson, but the arson all ties back into Galvan. So it all is really interconnected. So I feel like maybe the writers are actually on the same page this season. Mostly. (laughs) (laughs) There there was something last season that I felt was – I mean, last, last episode that I felt like we were getting, you know, more of the short-term amnesia thing. I don't remember what it was, but uh, uh, that's over now, at least. I honestly thought that this was a, a return to form from season one, and that it was kind of goofy and ridiculous. And I'm not going to say that I hated it, but I don't think it was very good, personally. I do agree with Stella that, like, there does seem to be a, a better focus on what the season's story will be. And now that Gallivan's firmly established as, like, a, a seasonal character... Or just a character for the season that that will carry a thread and is interacting with all the main players. I do like that, um, but but still, outside the top, this one really this story really relied on vicious violence. Yeah. And the way that Gotham portrays violence, like ultra violence of this and this kind of caliber, I find it to be very very kind of like stupid because it's always like this kind of body humor that like I know that Two Face is a thing, but I don't know if, if Batman as a character tonally really I don't know if he kind of calls for body humor in the sense like you know decapitations and dismemberment Mr. Zaz well, Mr. Zaz, is, Zaz doesn't really do that he doesn't like take people apart but in that he, way he scars his own stuff. body I mean though I don't I disagree then, I don't, then, I, I don't like, necessarily relate that one of the most iconic Batman like, stories Death in the Family has like a teenage boy being beaten with a crowbar no but I'm not but I'm, not, I'm talking about like you know but you don't like, see that happen yeah, I'm talking about like you know, like like His ripping people's does. body parts out though, like people's body parts, like that. That is a. I, I think that like I'm not saying that, like that feels on that. Like, I don't think that that's in the same. I think that that the creators and writers of Gotham find that to be very much at home with the character, and I disagree. So whenever Tigress like says yes, I'm going to take his eye off now, 
or Robin Lord Penguin like just jumps at Butch and takes his arm off. I find I, that I wondered if that was Fish's eye, like in the fire bug scene. You know, like I was like, "Ooh, did they find Fish Mooney's old eye?" And then I remembered, "Oh yeah, she smushed it." And then it no, said it like Wonderslaw. Oh, yeah. yeah, she did it Kill Bill style, but like, uh, like every every time, like 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 Robin was like, whoa, 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 just like chopped off the guy's hand. I, I just I kind of just sat there like poor Butch. Am I supposed to be yeah. feeling something now? Because I'm really not. Like it just felt very stupid. Um, the entire backstory. Well, you're supposed to feel squirmish, I think. N- no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The the backstory I thought was dumb. Like 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 ah uh, you know this woman felt embarrassed, so she so she accused the guy of rape. So they cut off his arm, you see, and then he they changed her names out of shame. Like that that to me is stupid. Um. Although I did, I did like the fact that they mentioned the Canes and the Elliots and the Waynes. That's very much like in the last five or so years been a very like Batman kind of storyline. That, that was kind of neat. But overall, I thought this, like, I thought the last several episodes have been really grooving on a very strong sense of storytelling. But this one was, was out and out ridiculous. And I kind of thought, okay, we're back to the season one storytelling style again. I feel bad that uh, <laughs> the episode that Stella comes back on is the one that we're going to disagree with her on. Because I guess this is um, I really have been liking this season a lot more than last season, and I didn't hate last season. I famously defended it, but this season or this episode rather felt very, very much like you know, um, kind of a drop in quality for me. And there was things about it that I did not like. There's things about this episode that I really liked, like the Selena Kyle stuff, and you know, and in her conversations with Butch, and you know, which we'll get more into later. But I like that stuff. But then. Um, otherwise, this episode felt very, you know, run-of-the-mill for me, and I was really, really not digging the whole, like, you know, secret, you know, history of the Galahan, Galavan, Galavan, is that what we're calling? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get it by the end of the season. The The secret history of the Galavan family and how, like, the reason why he's doing this whole thing is because years and years and years ago, his great-great-grandfather's, you know, hand got cut off. It's like, okay, like... Why would he care about that? I mean, I guess that there's family honor and shame, but like, if I ran if I ran into someone on the streets, like, and I found out that like their great 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 grandfather, you know, like, kicked my great 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 grandfather in the balls, I mean, I I might feel like a little bit like, oh, your family thinks they're so tough, but I mean, I probably wouldn't do anything about it. I mean, it's I don't even know who my great 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 grandfather was, you know, like. <laughs> I think this resentment goes deeper. I, I think that was sort of the catalyst for th- them to slowly start pulling away. But I, I think there was probably already a rivalry between th- these two founding families. Um, and I can kind of see, I mean, this is sort of a tale that's been told before. And I can see families being on, on the outs with each other and it carrying down. Uh, I frankly think that it's uh, a compelling a compelling story. Um, I, I don't think it's the act of, you know, actually cutting off his uh, arm, which I thought that was actually the most gruesome thing that, that happened because they actually showed the arm. That's what I was like, oh, my gosh, this is like Walking Dead. Um, but it, it's just the idea that... Uh, Rick from the comic. Basically, that the, the Waynes would, would uh, take out their own brand of justice on another family. Now that um, Butch lost his arm, he has something in common with Fish, his uh, BFF. They both lost a body parts. Yeah, well, and that was the purpose. I mean, you understood, right? That that was the purpose why Penguin did that. Well, not to make him um, like fish, because, but to like, but to gather but sympathy to like, for. Yeah. Uh, it's sympathy, but it's also reflecting back to what happened to 
the um, the Dumas right. guy. Well, he doesn't. Penguin, Penguin doesn't want him to know that he's on to them. Right, but Penguin, remember, something. Penguin says, uh, "I got the answer from Caleb and Celestine, and those are the two people wait two hundred years yeah. ago." Caleb was the one who got his arm cut off, and Celestine was the lady that he was fraternizing. Well, with. and Butch is like he's basically doing what Penguin was doing last season, where like he's working for one crime boss and like you know reporting to another. So that yep. should be interesting too. We're getting we're getting more of that. It's so like I ask you how do, how do you what do you think about Butch's like like my control compliance to Penguin? I thought that like a that was kind of goofy, but b I would I would he's not shown any sort of like uh, residual feelings over the loss of fish, and I thought this would be the episode kind of bring that up, but they never they kind of really didn't towards him emotionally. Well, they they brought it up a little bit, right? Yeah, with, I, I um, felt like. It, with Selena? They broached on it, but, like, you know, it, it wasn't yeah. in-depth, but this is the most that we've talked about fish, you know, since the season finale end. Since it you know, happened. And, and I liked, because, like, yeah. I, I like Selena, you know, giving Butch problems. Like, you know, why'd you shoot her anyway? You know, he's like, it was complicated, okay? Yeah. Um, and I think that's a nice little thread of, like, her potential. Like, it, it opens the door for her to possibly return who knows if it will happen though uh but you know uh, i remember we talked about this last season we wondered was this a legit thing his his mind control and uh we were we thought maybe it wasn't at all but it has stuck so much but well, it's, once uh, once she shot fish i mean i think that that was pretty much confirmation yeah, that it was legit that it was yeah i uh i yeah He's a very sympathetic character. I think he's probably one of the one people, one of the one characters, one of the characters. He attempted to rape a woman last you... season. We, we... <laughs> he didn't attempt to rape her. He just when kind of flirted with her. No, he he was. He watch he that, he watch that scene. He, 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 what, he, did he, he force himself on her? I don't even remember what he, you're talking um, about. In Penguin's Umbrella, he has Barbara King captured at the beginning, and he's about to, you know, uh, he is about to rape her before Jim comes in. I. No, like I, 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 she was basically holding her at her own apartment. Sinister. Yeah, but he he was he was being very inappropriate, and it was escalating. There was um, there there was intentions of Butch having a hot time in the old town tonight, which is ironic because now Barbara's sexual partner is Tigress, and Tigress has a crush on Butch. It's all connected. Which was which was stupid too. Like I like them big. I I work for Penguin alone. I I also like them. You know Barbara Keene, so apparently. Interesting. There's there's no monogamy on this show except for Jim <laughs> and Lee. It's like trapped in the closet. Everyone's with everybody. <laughs> well, especially with Whatchamacallit, yeah. I mean, in the Galavan system, they just go all over the place. Indeed, it's a shame because Tigress is so beautiful, and yet she's evil. Um, but if we're talking about Butch, I, I do want to bring up, you know, I, I felt like we saw a little bit of, you know, conflict of him trying to justify, you know, this episode, the whole, like, fish thing. And although it it's interesting how he's, like, given up on her, you know, like, because Selena's like, oh, she'll be back. And he's like, oh, I was there, sweetheart. She's not coming back. And I argued that that was like you yeah, and well, me uh, agreeing whether she was dead or not. Because I don't think that she's dead, but she's just out of the show. Oh, so now you're saying you don't think she's dead? I never thought she was. Oh wait, no, what? no, no, no. You I'm totally sorry, did. Yeah, I, I did think she. I think she's dead. You thought she wasn't dead. I think that like 
they're having their cake and eating it too because because JD Pickett Smith is expensive. So it depends on whether she wants to come back to the show or not. And I like I thought that that was interesting. And then what do you think about this whole like Fish Mooney loyalist like? And I think it's the same. I, I'm assuming it's the same Lost Boys from like last season who like she met because remember she met all those street urchins at like you know the beginning of the season finale like you know come children we're not children and it's not daytime. I think it's a way to remind people that Fish Mooney was a character in season one, but because we, we never we don't really see a, we saw how shifty she is towards people that she swears to protect. You know, selling them out when it's convenient for her. So it's Liza. Yeah, exactly. Or the or the guy that like when she was in the dollmaker's place, like you know, I promised them that they could eat you. Whoops. It's like um, so it's hard to say. You know, we we waiting for fish to you know take us to the promised land from beyond the grave. It's like that's that's kind of silly when the audience knows better and there's no real impetus for us to believe that that would ever happen. So it's just like, well, I guess these characters have their have their faith in this mobster. But, you know, why? I mean, how, how likely is it that, that mobsters come back from the dead anyway? It's like, like, they can at least be salty over it. But they don't, they don't it happened to the Penguin. Well, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know. Well, he wasn't a mobster. He was, he was an umbrella boy. So that was, that was a bit... And a weird. dishwasher. I, I, I hated those characters anyway, so they, they really couldn't say anything and I would have liked it. I think this is the first time that we've had, like, an extended scene with, you know... Uh, uh, Butch and Selena. I, I know that they've been in like the same room before, but like, you know that that character dynamic was a little interesting. It's always interesting to see like Butch, you know, interacting with anyone. When he was at Walker StalkerCon this summer, he joked that like you know he and Bruce would have like a ride share together this season, just so like you can have those two characters interact and like see <laughs> that dynamic. Too bad something happened this episode because Bruce was not in this episode. Right. Do you have any? Do you guys have anything more to say about like the whole Gallahan or Butch? Actually, you know what? No, l- l- let's talk more about Butch because I want to talk um, him <laughs> him losing his arm. Yeah, like let's. I guess we spoke uh, about that a little bit, but like I thought that was dumb. I thought I thought that was just that to me. Like ah, this will be. What if he gets uh, a prop arm? Just, like like Fish me, did the next episode. It's, it's like ah, Gallivan will believe you, but like it's, it was a very stupid way to like that felt like gore for gore's sake. And I hated, I hated Robin Lord Taylor's like, over the top acting where you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. it's like, it made, it made me feel that like we were trying to get across that like, he was so mad and crazy and angry, but like it was just silly, and it felt like they were trying to go for a certain level of violence that the show wasn't able to justify storytelling wise. Um, what did you think about Stella? Um, well, I got this symbolism of the whole thing because. You know, it's the arm chopping, it's relating to the past arm chopping, so it's not only adding belief to Penguin and that he's gone cuckoo, which, you know, maybe that's why he's over the top, but it's also maybe uh, making Galavan remember back to this and and sort of flash to his ancestor. So uh, it's multi-layered, which I appreciate um, frankly, I, uh, that's about the only thing I appreciated just because I, I feel like Butch has been through the ringer. Why are we doing even more? Um, it smells of desperation for Penguin story-wise, but he really is desperate. So I guess that's in character for him because he really wants his mother back. But to have two limbs <laughs> taken in one show, have somebody explode and have another person <laughs> have their eyeball out. 
Like, this is the body count here. Plus, somebody burned to death practically on the street. (laughs) This is why I was texting you guys and saying that it was a horror show. All of a sudden, I I just felt like I was... Even more than, like, Jerome, like, putting gasoline on those cheerleaders. Well, they were fine. I mean, like, they they didn't burn to death like Red Shirt 1. Oh, that's right. Yeah. The Gotham Red Shirt. Yeah, that's right. The the, the Strike Force. Chickless's Fantastic Force. Well, can we, let's call them the Fantastic Force. That, that's a good nickname for it. <laughs> the Fantastic Three now. Because cause, no, because they're a strike. No force. Because they're a strike force, and they're led by one of the Fantastic Four. And Fantastic Force was actually like a comic in the '90s, led by uh, Franklin Richards. It was like a bad Fantastic Four. It was Franklin Richards when he had like a mullet and was like 20 years old. I was about to say, like, 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 what do you mean a team led by Franklin Richards? But never mind. There, there was time travel involved. Ironic, given that like we're recording this on Back to the Future Day. Um, but that scene, I thought that that scene was going in another direction with Penguin and Butch. Like I thought that they were going to reveal because they kind of planted the seeds about you know like where does Butch's loyalty lie earlier in the episode that maybe Butch was subconsciously like sabotaging Penguin's operation because like the, that's all the brainwashing will let them do. But because he feels so guilty about what he did to Fish, he's doing like these little things. But uh, no, that's not the direction that they're going in. So this whole plot, so he's going to pose as mayor. It poses a good guy, but he's secretly leading the bad guys, aka Barbara Keane, to <laughs> destroy the city. And the way he that he wants, he needs to do that is to bring Bruce to the Emperor so he can die. I find that to be a very convoluted way to get revenge. Do you have the Wayne boy? I don't know. It's Not just, yet, it's, just uh, it's just, uh, it's just kind of silly. <laughs> with with just, a silver saying cloud bait. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like. Uh, well, I, do you think that she's in on it? Is that what you're saying? We, we thought it's possible because it, it was, the way that like that scene played last episode, it was a little too good to be true. So it's possible that she might be somewhat evil. We, we're not for sure. It'll fulfill. What's the background of that character? Um, this is one of his many, many forgotten love interests from the 70s. Not for she. She was part of like the Dave Engelhart, you know, run in the 70s, and she was a girlfriend of his who figured out his secret identity, and it was too much for her, so she like left town. But because that run is so iconic and remembered, even though she was only in like seven or ten issues, she's like, wow, yes, really, wow. She's like, she's brought up a lot. And they recently did like a bunch of miniseries, like, you know, in fact, like uh, Steve Englehart and like Marshall Rogers did like a few sequel miniseries where she came back, but then like would break up with Bruce again. And then Kevin Smith uh, brought her back again and had Bruce get engaged with her. Bruce, um, I told the story last episode. Bruce thought she was an evil robot, so he beat her up. And uh, how do you think she reacted? Whoa! How, how do you think she reacted to this, Stella? If like, if you're she broke with great applause, she um she snuggled him and said, "There, there, Bruce. One day you'll realize that not everyone in your life is an evil robot." Yeah, I maintain that those stories are out of continuity. Because if you actually track them, they are—they actually don't track continuity-wise, and they're so damn bad. That they and then she got murdered by like some guy that Bruce led in the Batcave. And it was like to be continued five years ago. <laughs> yeah. So I guess yeah. Even even though I am uh, you know trying to disconnect between story and uh, material that's based off of, I, I feel like she. Probably is not evil. I mean, Barbara Keane, you know, like was never evil in the comics, and she's like a serial killer here, practically. So. Yeah, that's why two separate stories, people. That's what you yeah, I mean, do. I mean, we're, we're, we're guessing without any real evidence. 
but, but it's just fine. the whole thing is so fishy. Like, like she's set up as like Bruce Wayne bait. Like, to the point where, like, they're having dinner, and she's, like, you know, dancing in the window, you know, like, oh, my niece Silver, I forgot that I left her parked outside like a bicycle, you know, come out and, like, you know, I mean, she's going to your school, by the way, coincidentally. Put a, put a coin in her while you're out, while, while you're out there. <laughs> Feed the meter. On the subject of love connections, um, and I, I'm curious to talk about this part with Stella, because Stella and I... Because Stella and I, you know, uh, talked about this last season. This episode, we have the double date with Kringle, Nigma, and Jim and Lee. And I texted Stella um, pretty much what I said on the podcast last episode, which was I very, very much disapprove of Miss Kringle's life choices. And like, uh, and, you know, really, this is you know, this is just a continuation of last week. But that whole double date thing, and it, it almost felt like a Seinfeld line when Jim's like, "But we can't go out with them at our house because then we're already home." Where will we go if it gets awkward? Like, I felt well, like something like Jerry or George it, would... Watching it, I did think that that was actually kind of in character for Gordon, where, like, he's kind of, like... He's not a very... He's not an overtly social guy when it comes to, like, you know, kind of domestic familial stuff. I mean, he'll hang out with his cops or whatever, but, like... That, 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 it was interesting to see him in that kind of situation, and I actually kind of liked his characterization in those scenes for what they were. It was okay. How did you feel? Yeah. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> Well, it's just going to because, I mean, all last season, Gordon, I think he was certainly more patient than other characters were with Nygma, but he would also cut him off. He's like, you know, he would solve the riddle or he would just cut them, cut him off and just ask for the information. So I can totally see him not wanting to be in an enclosed area without the availability of flight. <laughs> so I, I thought that that was in character and somewhat uh, humorous. Um, as for, for the double date itself, um, it's just weird to see Nygma somewhat normal. Um, <laughs> he's less normal than he's, ever, he's, 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 less normal normal? Than he's ever been. I disagree. What? No. I, what do you, in this episode, you think okay, he's not th- normal? This episode, he's you, acting like yeah. a boyfriend. One week after he like tells her, hey, baby, I hear voices in my head. You mad, bro? Yeah, but the, I'm talking about this episode. Okay. <laughs> they're in a like they're in a relationship. They seem like they're a pretty happy couple. He's not being weird in this well, instance. He, goes he doesn't up have and enough screen time to be weird. Up. Well, no. So in this one, I think that he's fine. Like, I think that it seems like a stable situation. Now, will Miss Kringle last the season? I doubt it. I think she's gonna she's gonna get the axe. Um, I you know I I, just, I don't like victim blaming, I mean, but if she gets the axe, she has it coming for her poor life choices. Yeah. Well, you know, I I, I saw something like this is gonna happen because when he pushed her out of the way during that whole massacre, and then she, like right after she was fawning over him because he showed oh, some sort of initiative. Ed. Yeah, basically showed initiative, and then you know they did have a nice dinner, and then he made it super duper awkward. But she came back to him. I you know I can't explain why she thought that was okay that you know he. He has voices that talk to her, but um, maybe she's just trying to reason through his his uh, awkwardness, and and maybe he just seems like a different person. But nice she's struggled. Well, she's struggled with life, anyways. Was my whole point all along from the first season. All of her suitors are really terrible, and I think Two it speaks of them to are something murderers. like that. She, yeah, she's just a damaged individual. Um, I think something you know, there's probably some deep backstory that we're never going to get into. You know, as a type of person who would go to these sorts of men and, and be okay with uh, 
being a victim. Um, but uh, will not be okay. But you know what I'm saying. Uh, I don't know. But in this episode, it seemed you know sweet. They had the fondue, even though I don't know if I would feed somebody in the presence of someone That's else. That's so cheesy. <laughs> that was a pun because it was fondue. Well, it was just like I put it in my mouth, on dear. Oh, it spilled cheese on me. <laughs> <laughs> this is why Gordon oh, wanted gosh. to go home. <laughs> He's like, well, I mean, like. My question is, uh, the weirdest thing for me was Kringle's, like, 19, like, like, a Christmas story-style teacher's haircut. Like, I mean, seriously, like, she's really out of time, even for anybody in Gotham. Like, she's, like, this, like, idealized version of a teacher's fashion that never existed. Um, whereas Nygma just kind of joined the pink ladies. Yeah, 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 might as well be. Um, no, I think that, like, I think that Nygma in this episode was, was, was fine, because, like, I think that being in a relationship does kind of like straighten him out because he wasn't acting weird at all in this episode. He wasn't saying, I see dead people. He was kind of just, he was kind of just like acting like a dorky boyfriend. Yeah, but I mean, he had very minimal screen time. Like he, like the whole double date thing was barely, barely amounted to a subplot. It was just I, like, you know. I will say that like when, when you first see Nygma in this episode, he just teleports in front of Jim. Like I don't like, there's a music sting and Michael, what's his name? Like it's just, it's just there. There's, he doesn't walk up to him. He just kind of like, Floats from the sky and just is, appears there, and then like a second later, Galavan just shows up in the DCPD office. And so I, the way oh, they shot those, yeah. those characters, they just they just kind of show up whenever Gordon needs to be surprised. Stella, uh, speaking of the whole Galahan showing up thing, I, I have a question. Do you remember what Ben McKenzie told me in in 2011 at uh, the Gotham, not Gotham, at the Batman Year One press junket? Um, when you asked him for a tag, yeah, <laughs> and you and he said, "No, I don't do tags." Yeah. So are you thinking about I don't do endorsements? Yeah, well, Dom was Dom. Yeah, yeah. Is it bleeding in here? <laughs> it, it's bleeding in. It's like you know he has not changed. So for those of you who don't know, um, Dustin has us record these tags. You know when we do these interviews, like you know, hey, this is um, Chris Kringle, and you are listening to the Batman Universe <laughs> comic <laughs> podcast or something if like only. that. So um, <laughs> we should get that actress <laughs> on the show. Chelsea's <laughs> back. We want you. Watch her be like very, very foul mouthed and like nothing like her character. <laughs> so we're doing these things, and um, for the Batman Year One movie, uh, Ben McKenzie was voicing Bruce Wayne, aka Batman, and Dustin wanted me to ask him for a tag. And when I asked him, he says that he doesn't do. He called it something else, which confused me. So like I asked him again, and like he had to say no twice, which was awkward. Um, and we all remembered that, and it was very embarrassing. And from then on, Dustin had Stella ask for the tags, and he said, "Okay." It's better to have the girl do it than some creepy guy <laughs> go up to him. And, and, and this really isn't, yeah, he, he really did. That's an exact. That is an exact quote. He really did, yeah. Yeah, he thought you were a monster. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I'm hideous. The mom people were chasing me with like their pitchforks and their like and their and their torches. Well, I like the idea that like, he thought that like you would scare Ben McKenzie. The gruff talking Batman from Batman Year One. Uh, but where were we going with this? Yeah, but uh, he he brings up that um, Gordon's president of the policeman's union, which I totally forgot about, and so did the show until this episode. Because remember that was like a whole thing last season. Gordon like becomes leader of the policeman's union instead of Flash. I forgot about that until they mentioned it again. Yeah, I, really, I mean, it's like Gordon actually didn't have that much to do in this episode besides you know destroy a man <laughs> with his gun. And uh, you know, let's talk about that scene. <laughs> Gurn, when, uh, when he's, when he's the in, fact again, that Gotham has its own lows for supervillains. Yeah, again, crap. 
<laughs> I really know the word for it. That's that's silly. That's that, that to me is like well, sixties Batman kind of stuff. Well, I disagree, if only because, um, you know, I was just reading these 90s comics, right? And they have that uh, that bar called the um, the Alibi, I think it's called. Oh, yeah. Right? So, I mean, it's not, I mean, that's like, you may think it's corny or whatever, but it's not like it's unheard of in comic world. Like, to have a play, like a bar or a place specifically for villains I, I, I thought that was kind of cool. Well, I mean, you're talking about a bar, right? I mean, this is like, you know, like kind of like like a, a Sam's for bad guys. Like, ah, oh, here's napalm. Here's they, they had a jug. That's uh, not a plutonium uh, again. I don't know. It was like like, like a two ninety nine discount on acid in aisle four. It was it was a little much for me. It's the way that they filmed it. But honestly, it did lead to like you know Ben Grimm and Gordon gunning the guy down and then exploding like like a, like like one of the the mafia bad guys from the specialist. <laughs> I laughed he, my ass off. He promised that. Lee all these corpses last episode, so here we go. Well, you saw the guy. You saw the guy's hand blow off of his body. Okay, awesome. I I thought that like when the guy exploded, it was going to be revealed that like it was because he had like some explosives on him or like you know gala vans. You know, men were like hiding in like you know the the like the rooftops and like shot him so that he wouldn't talk like i thought that there was going to be more to it than like what we saw but uh no that guy don gone exploded well Stella, yeah uh, no there was, there was c4 on him right what you told me yes so he did have an explosive on him it wasn't just like piccolo just shot him from the sky or anything like that <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> why did you bring it in gordon and like and gordon and like ben grimm's like you know like look on their faces like oh okay you know that's what uh, are you packing you like, like, we sure like, not like, holy heck, a guy exploded in front of us. Like, they're very nonplussed by this. Yeah, I'll probably vomit if I saw that. <laughs> but, but they did. Yeah. Uh, so, how do we feel about uh, the changing gender of the uh, firebug? Who cares? Firefly. Yeah, I think both names were like used this episode. Yeah, well, it's probably not the actual one that we're looking for. It's not Garfield Lins. Yeah, Garfield sure Lins is a specific sort of, character like Edward Nygma, yeah. so it's probably just like a, a random firebug XP. It's his mother, maybe. I um I liked the storyline. I wondered if that was where it was going when it was happening. Uh, I like it primarily because um, very much, you know, Bridget is a victim, and I, I could tell that... Uh, our our bra burner, our bra burning feminist Selena was going to try to, you know, help her out and, and give her some words Training of wisdom. Bra of course, burning that backfires. Oh, yeah, um, <laughs> but that's uh, it backfired on her, and then Bridget. Uh, it's sad because she wants to you know be with her family, but she's so mistreated. And then she's scared of, you know, what she's got to do, dealing with this fire and everything. But then she also likes the fact that her brothers actually praised her for probably the first time in her life. Um, so it's a very interesting change. And, of course, it's not a vindictive killing that she she takes out this guy. So it's just an interesting character in the fact that I think there's, like, this, very, this innocence uh, to her. Uh, but at the same time, she's being molded by these other outside factors. But there's no, like vindictive or evil to her um it's almost like the circumstances and accidents that are creating her but i'm interested to see where it goes if there is a a character change but i'm hoping that there is not yeah i guess i i really wasn't liking 
uh, the whole, you know, abusive brother, like, hey, when he comes here, you give him a beer. You got it, you freak. But, like, I guess I didn't there like There is a end. castle on a cloud. Oh, my gosh. I, I like to go there in my dreams. Okay, stop. <laughs> Aren't any floors <laughs> for me gonna... to sweep? If, um, if you've seen a red lame is, you get it. I like Stella said, I like the fact that the girl, she kind of got roped into the into the life of, you know, super villainy. And she kind of liked it at near the end. Although that was, you know, I get respect from people who don't respect me. That means I like it. But, like, I liked, I did like I did like the situation that, like, uh, red shirt number one died because of an accident. And uh, uh, Vic Mackey says, that's it. No cop killing while I'm in charge. We're going to get this person. That, that paints an interesting scenario in Gotham. It's not just lols I'm a psychopath all the time. It's just, you know, there are there are elements in Gotham which can be accidents and mistakes and, you know, bad circumstances. So that part I did kind of like. I guess it was something for Selena to do. I wasn't really like I, I don't have I have no strong feelings towards Selena in this in this episode. But I guess it was something for her to connect with. So I guess it was a good use of the character. Um, but no, the character of Bridget, I, I felt sympathy for, and I'm interested to see how she turns out. But she might end up being like a, a an ongoing antagonist for potentially Bruce Wayne later on. We never know. What I liked about that storyline, and this was my favorite part of the episode, is how we got to see Selena relate to somebody else who wasn't, you know, Bruce. And I, I love Bruce and Selena in the show and their scenes together and, you know, and, and what they bring out of each other. But otherwise, we don't really see Selena Kyle interact on a long-term basis with someone aside from Bruce Wayne. Like, she had those scenes with Ivy Pepper last season, but they... I don't feel like there was a lot of chemistry there. And then there was those weird scenes with Barbara Keen, but, like, we we very rarely even, like, broached that relationship. So seeing her, you know, like, away from Bruce Wayne, kind of being concerned for somebody else's welfare and, you know, trying to take them under their wing, you know, that that was nice. And we also see her place in the underworld a little more with, like, Butch going to her for the favor and her having the vouch, you know, and she still has that soft spot for fish and she's, like, happy to know that, like, you know, she was Fish's favorite. And It looks like we're going to be getting some more, you know, Selena Gordon stuff next week, but... I, I, I like that. And then we um, hear about a little more of her background where, like, she tries to, like, you know, uh, help this girl. And she's like, hey, you know, I remember when you were a kid and, you know, and, and you were looking for your mom every night and had snot on your nose, you know. So don't give me this strong, independent female shtick, you know. I, you know, I know where you're coming from. So I liked I, – I like that. Otherwise, this character, you know, this herself didn't speak to me. But the storyline somewhat did, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I mean, I, again, I, I must say, I hated those brothers of her. Because I felt that, like, they were cool in a very manufactured way. Like, ooh, we hate these guys because they're mean to her. Like, your mother was a hoe. Oh, that's a bad <laughs> thing to say. But, like, I don't know. I think I hear a rhino coming. I'm so confused. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they're the ants from James and the Giant Peach who are like always like making like James God. like do this stuff. I'm not saying that's the third grade. <laughs> so I'm afraid that uh, the nostalgia bombs ceased on this train. Um, so I, so I hate I hated those dicks, but like but I did sympathize with the Bridget character. And I think that like it's a new. And I think that Firefly is a character that can be that doesn't have to stop with Garfield Lens. Although Garfield Lens is a preferred version of mine because he's a very distinct psychopath. So I like the fact that, like, you know, it's just somebody who wears a mask that has a flamethrower. I think it's an interesting image they can play with and not, oh, my God, it's John Green as a teenager kind of thing. So I, I was that, – that turned out better than I was expecting. 
I think it's also interesting how many times uh, was mentioned the uh, Selena was loved by fish, and this was shocking to Selena. Um, well, I don't think. Well, I guess in a way, because fish doesn't show her emotions. No, very it's much. true. Yeah, but um, but, but I just angry. wonder if there's there's something deeper here. <laughs> yeah. Like there's something, some storyline that's going to be pulled out from this. Um, I mean, I don't know what it's going to be because Selena's been searching for her mom for a long time, right? Uh, I wonder if she's going to start some sort of thing to try to find fish, and then there's going to be like a fish cult. Who knows? Well, if, if Fish was Selena's mom, that would be kind of cool because uh, she so obviously was played in an Eartha Kit kind of way. I think that would be kind of thematically oh. interesting. Um, I I feel like Selena is old enough to like know who her mom is and what her mom looks like. Like when her mom left her, like based on what they were saying, like oh, we saw you looking for your mom, like you know, at this like pier, whatever, every day. So like someone who's looking for their mom, like knows what their mom looks like, you know. If if that makes any sense. So, mm-hmm. um, plus, you know, there's the obvious uh, biological, you know, differences, which um, uh, not, we all know that doesn't matter anymore. Actually, well, here's well, a, I, I know that, but like, I mean, it's not like Fish was her ha- stepmother or adopted mother. I was going to say half mother. You don't have half mothers. <laughs> well, well, yeah, that's right. You can't have a half mother. Actually, that's true. Uh, Celia, yeah, she, she's been an orphan in the comics before, right? The post crisis comics or not that's not original gotham right her being an orphan uh no that's like yeah that that's like a few of her origins not in silver age in silver age she's like you know a dancy amnesic wife or something <laughs> um yeah but like um i feel like everything post year one she was like she was like an orphan an orphan a street urchin and then she okay. found out that carmine falcone of all people was her father at one point but oh that was in um uh, in rome but that that that's been reckoned with the new fifty two, like some other mobsters, her dad. And oh, like, are you I'm are not you reading? Are you reading Catwoman right now, yes. Stella? Like last I saw, like she's like the queen pin of crime. That is no longer. She gave that <laughs> up and gave it to uh, to one of her uh, right hand people. And she has no. And she has taken up uh, the Catwoman mantle again. Okay, so I've heard that's very good. Oh, it is, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm uh, not sure what the new... There's a new writer that's supposed to come on. Oh, really? oh wow, that's that sure. run's already over? I remember Mark Doyle was bigging it up to us uh, um, at that uh, Team Batgirl event we went to in San Diego. I heard nothing but good things from that new Catwoman run. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, I, I think you should probably mention that, like, the whole... Uh, the, the, they mentioned the Dumas family. I, just, I, gotta, go, I gotta backtrack a second. That obviously relates to, like, the Order of St. Dumas, which, obviously... The timeline is a lot skewed because the Order of Saint Dumas was like in like the 1600s or whatever, whatever the medieval times timeline would have been, rather than you know in the 1800s or 1900s. But who cares when is that? They, they did confirm that they're going to bring in Azrael in the show, which okay. Um, I mean, there's always going to be an Azrael as long as it's not exactly Jean Paul Valley because he should be like a lot younger than Bruce Wayne. But never mind. When does it ever bother this show? But I'll, I'll, just, I'll just mention that. Well, the timeline skewed anyway, like you said. Um, yeah, like, I'm not that big into the Azrael mythology, so, like, I, the, the the Dumas being, like, the Order of the Saint Dumas, that completely, like, uh, went past me until, like, uh, you told me that Stella said that, like, there was an Azrael mentioned in this episode, I'm like, oh, yeah, so there was, I suppose, and I guess that, like, maybe, I would also you know, say that, like, uh, that's what the Emperor after... from Star Wars is, you know, there for or something. 
well, the Order of Saint Dumas slash Dumas family is named after uh, Alexandre Dumas, who is the uh, or is the writer of uh, the Dumas Tears and the Man in the Iron Mask. Mm-hmm. I knew it. And he's also a black man. Did we talk about the fact that like one of the Red Shirts died, which was supposed to make us feel sad? I feel like they like set that up last episode with Bullock, who, by the way, is wasted this episode as he's been, you know, most of this. Look season. at this, Jim. The cheese and the onions. It all brings it all together and makes my life worth living, except for my fiance, you know. Who I've not mentioned again. <laughs> yeah. Like, what, what do you think of what's going on with Bullock uh, this episode and this season, Stella? Um, I, well, I think he's overshadowed, right? Because you, you've brought in this new cop that is very much in line with, um, with Jim's belief system. And even though I think Jim and Bullock reached harmony in the previous season at the end... They still, you know, they still somewhat come from two different belief systems, which is difficult. So it's almost like he's third wheel um, in the in the relationship between the captain and Gordon, uh, which is a bummer because I think one of the the great things, one of my favorite parts, and I, I think we all agreed on it, was sort of this buddy cop, um, like the actual detective aspects were some of the strongest moments throughout the previous season and watching that relationship grow and so it is disappointing to see him sort of pushed to the side and relegated to almost the character that he's been in comics because he's he's never really uh been focused on to such a great degree yes he, he has a lot of panel time in comics but you never really get to know him too well and i thought like this is great because we're getting to see you know the street wide the street level of everything engaged to know him. So so it is disappointing. Um, and, and you know, the bar situation was interesting because I wondered, are, are they going to leave him here for the duration? But even through that, you had fun moments. They might as well. You yeah. can remove him from, like, almost this whole season. Like, yeah. the only, I, you know, moment that, like, you need him to leave the bar is right after Essen dies when he's, mm-hmm. like... Yeah, that, that, that kind of really sent him on to return in a, an emotional way. But I, you, you, I got the sense that they would treat his character a lot strongly, more strong. I got treat his character strongly or stronger, I should say, now that, like, he has a reason to stay a cop. And they kind of, like, just kind of... It's almost as though Essence's death has been forgotten about. Not exactly, but, like, I think that, like, with Bullock, who's known her the longest... He should be given a lot more emotional... And I said, like, when they're on that double day, it reminded me of, like, how Nygma, he kind of, you know had this motherly, you know, relationship with Essen, you know, where, like, she kind of, you know, was, like, trying to help him and cover it up for him, and she gave him his job back after the other medical examiner left, and I thought, you know, what's his reaction to her death? What's Kringle's? But, like, the four of them, you know, were on this double date, and we don't see the whole double date. Maybe they had, like, a moment of silence to remember Sarah, and, like, it has... <laughs> been, cut for time. <laughs> yeah, like... <laughs> All right, before we have this fondue, <laughs> let's remember those who are with us today. I have a riddle for who's not with us today. You know, like, <laughs> like Jim, not now. And then Bullock knocks on the door like, Jim, we got to, whoa, whoa, what are you doing at the doc's place? The doc and I are dating. You and the doc? Dating? And then Chitla's like, like, come on, Bullock, as he like, drags him away. <laughs> huck, yuck, yuck, that Gotham luck. Do you, do you have anything to add, Stella, before we talk about um, uh, By Fire, which is the next episode? Uh, well, I guess I liked it more than the uh, the regulars on this Gotham Chronicles uh, podcast. Uh, and uh, I guess if any anyone's uh, 
fed up, you know, they're, they're upset with it. I really, I encourage you to just take a step back and really separate yourself from the source material. And I think you may enjoy it more. And again, I think there is sort of this dark comedy involved, uh, because like Don said, I mean, yeah, I was watching that guy get shot. And at first I thought, my gosh, it's like, like the, the way he was shot and was like already, you know, it almost was like the, the bullet wounds were exploding, and then all of a sudden he exploded. It was just, like, so over the top. thought I was watching an 80s action film. Um, but it is a bit of a horror show. I think they're really pushing the bounds. And I think the other thing I texted Dawn, maybe, was uh, th- th- this show is what Batman would be like if it were a Max title, basically. Huh. You know? I know that's sort of switching analogies because Max was the title for, uh, or is... For Marvel, but but that's just what I'm sort of thinking. Oh, Marvel. But uh, no, I'm enjoying the character journeys, and like I said, I think everything is actually. Anyways, uh, so my yeah, my final thought is just that this season is really I think uh, tightly uh, entwined. All the story arcs I think are, are working well together, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that I, again, I don't hate this episode, but I think that this was kind of lame and. Just really silly in places. Every single time there was a moment of violence. I mean, I love the guy blowing up because that was just ridiculously funny. But like, you know, Robin Lord Penguin, like, like chopping him off Butch's arm. You know, the people in the flash, like, Bush. chopping off the guy's arm. You know, Tigress, like, you know, mm, I'm going to play with you and chopping off the guy's eye. Like, that just people, human beings don't act like that. So I thought that was just kind of, it kind of took me out of the show. Um, it's probably the weakest one of the season, in my opinion, thus far. Although it's really hard to actually follow the, the second episode. But um, it's, it's, this season's not gone off the rails for me yet. But it's just not as good as the season has been so far, in my opinion. Why um, why are they keeping the mayor alive? I mean, I guess the plan's yet to be. But, like, if he wants to be mayor and it's... Sex slave? They're not... Yeah, I guess. Yeah, they don't seem to care if he lives or dies. But, like, it's like, if you don't need him alive, kill him. Because he's, like, potentially dangerous. Unless, like, he knows stuff, if but... If the mayor is kidnapped, wouldn't that prompt an investigation that they might get find, found out? Like, why would they bring that kind of... Protection? They're not kidnapping, like, you know, street urchins like the dollmaker was. Like, they're kidnapping, like, you know, Vanderslaw and, um, and uh, the mayor. And, like, and they're not hiding their faces either. Like, um, la- last season on Scandal, Olivia Pope said, I've seen your faces. This means that you're going to execute me. I know how this goes. And it's just, like, weird. They're kidnapping a lot of people, but they're not hiding who they are, wearing masks when they kidnap him. Like, they're if, bad news, guys. If Mayor James or any of these people escape, it's, uh, like, it, uh, I, I, but we're, we're still seeing some of the plan, so. That was Scarification. Next week's episode is called By Fire. Uh, the next episode is by fire, uh, episode 62, after Bridget Pike joins her brothers, a new spark of courage ignites within her as she chooses to take control of her future. Meanwhile, Kringle and Nigma's relationship will take a new step, oh dear. And Penguin and Galavan, that's right, Galavan, continue to battle for control of Gotham City's underworld in the all-new Rise of the Villains by Fire episode of Gotham. All right. In the preview, like, there's a part where like Jim Gordon, like, it looks like he's at gunpoint. Like, like he's in like a gun match with uh, Selena Kyle. So oh, we get yeah. those two again. Their relationship. Only one will survive. <laughs> Gordon dies. The show's over. <laughs> or they both kill each other just to like really screw with the audience. Like, where's your Batman prequel now, guys? Alfred slaps Selena and Gordon shoots her. Do you think that Kringle and Enigma's step next step is to get a pet together? 
I think they should uh, start kissing. Uh, well, they've already kissed. Whenever somebody oh, okay. says the next step, I almost wonder if that means some some more physical physical interactions, or could it mean moving in together? And in, in any of those oh cases, my God. any of those cases, I'm freaking out. I'm thinking American Psycho. I'm a little scared. If there was a man that made you uncomfortable, Stella. Oh, here we go. And you warmed up to him somewhat. You warmed up to him, but you know. If I've okay, this is already like sti- not going to happen. But okay, continue. Okay, well. Also, spend my disbelief. Okay. You know, you you guys are getting along better, and and he saves your life. He invites you out to dinner, and you're so taken by his gravitas that you decide to accept. However, when you arrive at this destination, it is his apartment. Do you go into the apartment? No. <laughs> And that's where you and Miss Kringle are different. Well, yeah. And, and, and why? And why? And why you're still alive? Yeah. Miss Kringle. Uh, first dates, ladies. I wouldn't recommend any. Yeah, going over to someone's apartment, please. You you need to even if you know the person, you need to be in a very public uh, situation. What if you want to? Do, what if you want to watch Netflix and chill? Excuse me. What if you want to just watch Netflix and chill on a first date? Well, you know, uh, I, I don't know. Watch Netflix and chill is a euphemism. You are. Oh. Uh, you are you're you're in a vulnerable situation. So it I think takes it was stupid for, for her to go to his apartment. Someone. You know, like like especially because he was somewhat deceptive about it. Well, Miss Kringle is like is like she's like a, a file assistant. She doesn't really have. She's not been shown to demonstrate a great deal of intelligence, on average. I mean, she she has her suspicions, but she's not shown to be particularly observant, like like Leslie has been. So. <laughs> I mean, I, to me, I, I made this comparison that, like, Josh's criticism of Miss Kringle is, like, Stella's criticism of Joe and Batgirl, where it's, like, I, I, think, I think it's just, you know, the, the characters are written a- a- intentionally to where we, we might not like it, but that's not a fault of the writing. So, um, I think, yeah, Miss Kringle's you know, probably due for the meat grinder anytime soon. But I do that, like, that's kind of... It's kind of see play out rather than, like, you know... Miss Kringle, no! What are you doing? He's a bad guy. I mean, that's just kind of like her nature that they've demonstrated so far. Uh, so join us next week for By Fire. Some of us will be here. Some of us won't. <laughs> we'll find out who. We'll see how Josh it all goes. Oh. <laughs> it's going to be Dawn and Stella together and, and again. Stella's feet together Sorry. again. Gee, it's good to be. So until then, this is Josh. This is Dawn. And I'm wearing some foot tassels. This is Tessa. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> And you've been listening to the Gotham Okay, good. I can hear you. I hope so. Yes, you can hear me? Yes, I can. Okay. Is it having an echo like it did with Dustin? No. Okay. But Donovan didn't pick up. Hello? Hello? Oh, that was a close one. Can you, can you all hear me? I can hear you, yeah. I don't want to hear you. Hey! <laughs> I never thought I would see I this day again. Yeah, well, from Dawn or me? From the Dawn.
Yeah, I'm, I'm in my uh, pizza mobile. Oh, okay. Is your light on? Is my light on? Yeah, to show that your Pop John's, your Pop John's little thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's on the top of my way. Um, there was, like, no time for, like, Donovan to record the podcast this week, so he's going to be doing it in between throwing pizzas on roofs. Yeah, did you tell her the plan? I'm still at work and we'll be first tonight. Oh, no. So what's going to happen? Because tomorrow's comic book film review, and, like, Dustin wants these by Friday, so I was like, well, I mean, we could do it this way. I've recorded that work before. Well, his is... You have? While you're watching kids? Oh, yeah. Okay. There's like there's a TVU blooper show where um like you hear like watching SpongeBob in the background and then like Nick says yes Josh lives with an Ewok. (laughs) Okay. I remember. It was one of the very first blooper shows back when you know back before puberty when he actually sounded like an Ewok. So is is Stella recording then? Yeah. 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 So. Hopefully. What if he oh. didn't? Oh no. Oh yeah. Like, like, it didn't, yeah then we'll like, have this night to remember. When you and I recorded last time, yours didn't record. Stella, have you fixed that yet? Oh yeah, that was because there was an update. Right. And um, the Skype update, and then the the MP3 like wasn't it needed to update with my new Skype. But I do have to say that that was a super hard episode to record because there was like an echo. So every I had to silence any time I talked and you didn't. Oh, don't want, yeah, that's that's how my file t- tends that, to go all the time. That's, that's unfortunate. Yeah, I, I always I always did edit that. I, I told you about that. I always did edit. I did that. Oh, you did, yeah. So, uh, I apologize for that. But, uh, oh no, it's not your fault. I just thought, oh man, that's crazy. Um, I would suggest we get started because I'm I have, yeah. I have like five miles to go at the house, and I'll I'll you whenever uh, I need to. <laughs> or we could like make fun of you know like huh listen to that he's delivering pizzas and put it on the bloopers. <laughs> you thought this was going to be a commentary again, didn't you? I didn't, yeah, I didn't watch the show. I'm going off the cuff here. <laughs> You're like, well, it was really interesting when you know the penguin and Barbecue put on that vaudeville show. You know, yep. to to um, those tassels made a grand return. The tassels, <laughs> the tassels on the tatas. Um, where was I going with this? Oh yes, uh, because. Uh, Stella's too much thing reminded me about something about last night's Flash. Did either of you guys see it, by the way? Or like the first? Flash? I did see it, yeah. Do you notice yes. that they quoted Aladdin? Uh, yes. What? Do you trust Then me? jump! Oh, yeah. <laughs> they do that exact thing, like, Iris, do you trust me? Like, do you trust me? Yeah. Then jump! I thought about oh, that. Oh, yeah, that, that, well. that, that, that is, that is a, an explicit Aladdin <laughs> reference. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I almost texted in the middle of the night, like, oh my god, it's Aladdin. Alright, we're gonna wrap so quick. He doesn't uh, like musicals. I, I don't know. <laughs> Haven't we, like, shown him, like, musicals. three or four different musicals that, like, he's enjoyed? Broadway? Okay, well, he liked Frozen. He liked Little Mermaid. He likes a lot of Disney's films. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all of those are Disney. Okay, um. Well, hold on. Well, I'm not finished. Like, like uh, I like. Uh, I actually uh, thought about that with the double dates because, um, <coughs> like, these are all people. Why didn't you make fun of him? He just cleared his throat. I'm getting over a debilitating cold. I knew it. 
we, we said that we missed you. We, we're not gonna fly when we come back, like cross this. But uh, yeah. we missed you. Hey. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, like, uh, <laughs> let's read some comments from the listeners. You know, Stella, have you ever thought about coming back to Gotham Chronicles? Signed, Jay Bertone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> awesome. Oh. Anyways, continue with what... I don't even know. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Jeep. Oh, hello? Yes, hello. Oh, dear, I'm, I'm, uh... But ignore me. That was... Are, are there people fighting? I, this was, um, like, they were oh, There's a bar, there's a bar right next to Papa John. Oh, no! Open mic, it's open mic night. So there's always like 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 drunk people going around. <laughs> oh, no. Can we hear the open mic people for the podcast? That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I, I don't want to be chased again. What? Again? Oh, yeah. People like to drink in Nashville. I don't know. I, that's why they call my high school father Rias. Because like, oh, God. everybody just, just just loves to get drunk and scream. And this place ask, is right next to it. You should ask one of the drunk people, you know, what they think, if they think Fish Mooney's coming back. They'll answer you, no. <laughs> exactly, they'll, they'll be like, well, you know, I think Jada Pinkett Smith's uh, performance was unforgettable, minus the whole doll maker arc. Oh, man. I went, to, I, went to a, I went to a Predators game once, and this, this chick was like, uh, I know I was like, I was like 10 years old at the time, and she was like, take, I was like, had a bat of Skittles, and she would like, reach in from like, she was sitting like, above me, and like, just eat the Skittles out of my bag, like, and I was like, a kid, it's like, this place, is, this place, this place actually is kind of like Gotham, downtown Nashville. So like, when you were a kid, and this person was, um, <laughs> eating the Skittles from your bag, did you feel, uh, frightened? I felt annoyed with, with, and a bit quite disturbed. A, with quite a rightful fright. Are you, are you about to jump into song? Well, I'm just asking if, if in desperation you felt like writing a note saying, Help, Piglet, me. I wanted revenge. <laughs> oh, boy. Let's finish. They're dancing now. They're, they're out in the streets dancing. Are you going to dance with them? I don't know if you can hear that music. Are they wearing open-toed shoes? Uh, they're all women, and they're just they're are the women wearing open toe shoes? No, thank just God. So you could see their feetsies. You know I can't. You know I can't. Oh boy, I, I didn't understand, but now I get it. <laughs> I pulled out a hell piglet before, and you didn't back me up. Well, I got that, but I didn't realize we were also touching on his fetish. What? No. <laughs> <laughs> you guys? <laughs> I don't think you're my friends anymore. Oh. Anymore. Well, with the constant betrayal or something. You're, you're, you're as bad as Shag. Oh, dear. <laughs> the freaking continuity we've been on the podcast. <clears throat> Why don't you make fun of him then? <laughs> he knows I'm insane. What do you... The thing is, like, I'm not noticing them the same way at first. Like, yeah, like but, you're noticing them before. Yeah, because you, I'm you're, waiting. You're, like, policing me. I'm you're waiting like, for you to, because you make fun of me when I clear my throat. I brought up his, I brought up his foot fetish and pulled a, hey, a help. <laughs> I don't foot fetish, <laughs> You know what? Each time you deny it, it gets weaker and weaker, and we see through it. Well, I mean, Stella, Stella usually wears sneakers anyway, so it's not how we notice anything, so. What? Why do you think she wears sneakers? Yeah. 
I don't have dainty Asian she, feet. She doesn't want to be leered at. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! She doesn't want us to be like in San Diego and like and like see you whisper over to me, "Hey, Josh, check out that ankle." And then the Digimon song comes on. Oh no! <laughs> I hate the both of you. <laughs> Uh, uh, what kind of person is that? I show up, walks on by, and like, like press her foot on the bed. Like, mm, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of madman do you think me is? Oh, boy. <laughs> that's why she wears them sneakers. What if, what if that happened and you told Dustin, like, Donovan, this was Julie over my feet this year? What would he say? He'd be like, okay, I don't know why you think I, don't know why you think I care. Um, I send you guys to cover the podcast, whatever hanky-panky fan fiction you guys come up with in the hotel room. Whatever. That's fine. Just make sure you get those interviews into me. So he wouldn't care for Stella's, well, Stella's feet well-being? He would just like, I don't care who's really over whose feet. Well, remember, Dustin has all It's funny you ask that because, you know, Stella and I had a discussion on the airplane back to San Diego about what Dustin would do in such a situation. That's true. We oh did. Oh, my God. Uh, you guys are weirder than I. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> we, I kind of we're going over every scenario possible. Do you think we'll be friends I, I, after? I still think that, that like you either drugged me where I, where I went to sleep that last year, or you like like it was so strange that like I I I, I keep on going back to this. I went to bed, not of my own volition. Woke up again and like you guys were like just giggling over piglet and foot fetish. fetish. <laughs> it was such a strange uh, phenomenon. Are we ever still do- doing this episode anymore? Yeah, can you uh, can we wrap it up? Yeah, we we yeah we all we have to do is sign off. So so join us next week. Some of us will be here. <laughs> <laughs> so join us if you're still there. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> How come you, hey JJ, how come you didn't do it for him? We'll be at the Oh, oh yes, King of I mean, You speak English! I, I, lo- I love your heart, Simpson. I'm actually speaking Comic-Conese. By astonishing coincidence, our two languages, okay. This is the last time you'll be listening to Foot tassels? On the toenails. The toenails are the nipples of the feet. <laughs> okay. That, this is going on Facebook this, as soon as I park. <laughs> okay. Just don't tag my name. Like, you can put my name, just don't tag it. I don't want my clients... I promise you. I, I don't want my clients to see, like, why is Josh talking about... What, the that? nipples of the feet! <laughs> they have a, so, so the toenails have been Roger's zones? Or a Roger's zones? <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Well, How about I ask the next customer, hey, do you think that, that the toenails are the nipples of the feet? You should. And we can record it. And then corporate will get a call saying, uh, we got a freaky delivery voice. <laughs> and then they'll be like, I knew it. This is, yeah, because, uh, because she's dating Batwing now. And maybe he well, no, be- did you see the comment for the next issue, Josh? I thought I showed you that. We're like, maybe uh, they're, all take, they're all taking, they're all, they're all taking selfies at the wedding. And then Dick comes out of nowhere. And, and then like, like, like Barbara turns into a puddle of bush. As he, as he holds her in his magic Oh, arms. Dick! Oh, wait, wait, she turned so fun. What about, um, what about Fox? What about Fox? <laughs> Apparently you can go back with Barbara Gordon. Oh. 
<laughs> Barbara's so awesome. She goes black and comes back. It's hard Denver. to do. <laughs> Some would say impossible. I'm, I'm now trying to think of characters who have gone black and come back. Bruce Wayne. <laughs> uh, did he ever fully go black? I mean, he and Chandra, they didn't... Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I think he was too paralyzed to do anything this <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Tim Drake. Um, oh, yeah. Zo Zoanne, right? He went black twice in a row. Has he had a girlfriend since her? He's not, um, he? In the new 52, it had, like, what's going on with him and Cassie? Uh, I don't think... No, I don't believe that he's been... I know that he was like because he had like, Zoanne, and then right after that, Tam Fox, and before that, Hydro Man. 